Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We'll wing it here. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks, Frank. This is Lady Fontaine, and you're listening to Eye on the Future. We have a great show in store for you this evening. Later in the show, um, we've got psychic medium, life coach, and animal communicator Rita Sandler, and she'll be joining us. Rita will also be taking calls with Dr. Cirillo and me later in the show. This should be a great night with great advice and excellent conversation. The phone lines are open now, so call us at 646 381-4141. We will be taking your calls later in the show. It's now time for Lady Fontaine's Thought for Today. Many of you hear me talk often about the downside of lack and the upside of gratitude. Many have asked me, how do you shift out of a state of lack into a state of gratitude? You know, many people go through much of their lives wanting things, the better car, the better job, the better partner, and the list goes on and on. But when we resonate in that state of want, you are sending a very clear message to the universe of lack. The universe's job is always to hear your thoughts, your mantras, prayers, and requests, to magnify them and send you more of what you ask for. So when you want something, you're sending a very clear message to the universe of not having that in your life. For instance, when you want a new job, the universe hears that you don't have a job. So what happens then? The universe lovingly sends you more of not having the job. So if you're unhappy with your current job or relationship, stop wanting. Start appreciating all that you have. Find things in your life to be grateful for. Being in a state of gratitude, your energy automatically shifts to a higher frequency. This is a very deep level internal shift. So the best advice I can give you is to start appreciating what you have and stop wanting what you don't have. That little shift will begin a process of bringing miracles into your life as you begin to manifest the things you truly desire. So, Frank and Eileen, how does that resonate within you? Because you know how many times a week do I say those same words to you guys? Often, often, but it's so <laughs> hard when everyone else tells you to aspire to things. To If you think about what you want, then they'll come to you, and it's, it's such a different lesson, like culturally, you know, and it's so hard to follow through with, just be grateful, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's not easy. There's no doubt about it. And it's not to say that we can't have goals and and strive towards things, but if we're in a state of want and we don't feel like we're content and we're happy, 
where we are, um, then unfortunately we send that message of lack to the universe. So, um, I feel like there's, there's a fine line there, too, between the state of want and what exactly it is that you want, even if you have it already. I mean, not, not to borderline on psychosis, where if you think you're the best opera singer, you don't need to train for it. But um, can you hear me? Like yeah, I could what? hear you. But you do sound a little bit softer than you usually do, a little bit more distant. Um, Do you want to sound louder? <laughs> yeah, I, want to, I want to sound louder. Oh, wow. The universe is sending but, um, you more of not sounding louder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I hear what you're saying, Frank, and that's not at all to say that, we, that we're not supposed to train or perfect talents or anything. But if we don't, it's like a deeper process because if you don't feel worthy or you don't feel like you got it, you know, in order, yeah. in order for us to be happy and draw in situations that support us feeling happy and good about ourselves, I mean, it, it all starts internally. If we're feeling crappy about ourselves, we're not going to draw in the situations in our life that support anything other than feeling crappy about ourselves. So that's where the key starts with always working on yourself fir- self first, and then the rest just all falls into place. If, I mean, if you're really longing for something, though, how do you not think about it? Oh, nobody says not to think about <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Um, you, but you should think about it with appreciation and just respect it for what it is like, oh, my God, that's, you know, that's a beautiful you know, car or whatever, but not be sitting there and, and wanting it and, and desiring it. It's okay to feel your energy aligned with something but once you get into that state of want, oh, God, my life is going to be so great when I have, you know, that new house or when I have that new car, that's where you run into the problems of sending a message of lack. When, when somebody sits around, I, I want, you know, my boyfriend to propose to me, you're in a state of not feeling aligned with energy, and you're wanting something. You're in a state of being negative. I mean, you know, it's like that every thought, and I've done a lot of writing about this, and there's a lot of articles on the Internet that I've written on this about learning the language of the universe and the polar opposite of what, you know, what we think we're sending out because so many people think, oh, I want to have a six-figure, you know, job, and, you know, I want to be executive vice president and this and that, and they feel that they're resonating um, from the right place, but in essence, when you're in a state of lack, I mean, what we need to do, and this is something we actually should have a show about sometime, so we don't spend the whole day just talking about this, but <laughs> in essence, um, what we need to do is be resonating at that frequency to feel like we've got that job, to feel like we are an executive vice president, and when we're in that state of completeness is when we're going to end up drawing it into our life. It's so difficult sometimes. I know there's an almost comedic uh, way of thinking in life where people psych themselves out on purpose, purposely lowering their expectations, thinking that they'll be disappointed. There's less of a chance of uh, being disappointed if they don't expect much in the first place. Right. Well, that's a whole nother problem. That is. Yeah. And that's not what I'm talking about because it is. it becomes a matter of really all the things that we quote unquote want and desire, we should feel as if we have them in our life and that they're giving us satisfaction and pleasure today, not that we're waiting in the future for this, you know, um, whatever it is, car, job, love, or whatever, because then we're always staying in a place of lack and never really finding that whole incompleteness within ourselves. But, but it is time now for Frank Tadero's Paranormal News of the Week. 
Fontaine, and hello, Internet. I am Frank Todaro. Every week there are hundreds of stories in the news and on the web about the unknown, things that go bump in the night, flash across the sky, or rummage through your garbage after hours. Here are a few stories that stood out to me. First one is from the Daily News here in New York City. Oklahoma City, the Knicks, our local sports team, our local basketball team, were afraid. Very afraid. And it had nothing to do with the Oklahoma City Thunder. For two days, several players had trouble sleeping because they were convinced that their downtown hotel was haunted. The quote from Jared Jeffries, I definitely believe it. The place is haunted. It's scary. Eddie Curry claims that he slept for only two hours Sunday night because he couldn't stop thinking about ghosts roaming the hotel. For years, guests staying at the Skirvin Hilton, the place that's haunted, have reported ghost sightings and strange noises. The legend is that sometime in the 1930s, a woman jumped to her death while holding her baby in her hand. Pretty morbid. They say that it happened on the 10th floor, and... Curry was saying that he was the only one staying on the 10th floor. That's why he spent most of his time in Nate Robinson's room. I definitely <laughs> believe that ghosts in that hotel are real. Assistant coach Herb Williams teased Jeffries and Curry for believing that the scurvin was haunted, but Curry wasn't laughing. There are too many stories, Curry said. Something is going on there. This next story comes from uh, UFO Iconoclast, an interview with Anthony uh, uh, Bregalia. This is about UFOs captivating, incredible testimony recently obtained from the elderly widow of a highly placed U.S. Air Force general reveals that the Roswell crash of 1947, Roswell was back in the news again, was in fact an extraterrestrial event. Her confession affirms that the true nature of the wreck has been shrouded in mystery for decades, even from those the highest levels of government. Her husband was General Harry Nations Cords, who possessed top-secret SCI clearance and was uniquely positioned to be in the know on such matters. Perhaps no other military man in history can lay claim to having been stationed at Roswell Army Airfield in July of 1947, later with Wright-Patterson Air Force Base to have worked at Area 51, been employed by the CIA, and to have acted as Deputy Chief of Staff pardon me, at Intelligent Headquarters for Strategic Air Command, SAC, and later to have led many intelligence functions in the Pentagon. The court story is a telling one and leaves little doubt as to what fell from the skies in the desert floor in New Mexico six decades ago. Now, there's another there's another story here. Uh, this is more of a science news, very uh, similar to the uh, telescope one I was saying last week. A near-Earth object hurtled past us on Wednesday, just two days after its discovery was announced. Orbital projections indicated that this object they called the 2010 AL-30 flew by Earth at a distance of just 80,000 miles. Just to put that in reference, 80,000 miles is less than a third of the way, uh, less than a third of the distance that the moon is from our planet. So it was that close. The object had been in a collision course with Earth that probably wouldn't have done any damage. It was only about 10 meters wide, so about 33 feet wide. Uh, and an asteroid is normally detected uh, two days before it can potentially hit Earth and so on. But what was interesting was it had an orbital period of almost exactly one year, meaning like the, the amount of time that it takes the Earth to go around the, uh, the sun is the same amount of time it takes this thing to come around and almost hit Earth, which is very unusual. 
the fact that some scientists have speculated that this thing could be an artificial object and not an asteroid. After all, there's a lot of space junk up there. There's every possibility that it could have just been a spent rocket booster or some other chunk of a spacecraft. But it could be just coincidence that the, uh, the Neo has the same orbital period as Earth, just as it might be with another asteroid. Now, is Dr. Gene Cirillo with us on the line yet? Gene, are you there? Hello. Hi there. Gene, hi. How are you? This okay. Next story, this next story uh, rung out for me because of something you were saying yes, uh, last week about how sometimes world leaders seek psychic uh, advice and whatnot. And exactly. The Romans consulted the oracle. Absolutely. Well, apparently so does the Latvian prime minister. Vladis, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize, Mr. Prime Minister, if you are listening. Vladis. Dombrovsky visited a psychic to define the future of his country, a Russia-based news agency reported. Uh, he admitted to visiting the psychic during a radio interview last week on January 9th. The exact quote was obviously translated, I will not try to foretell the future. I went to a fortune teller, but I think her forecast was not exact. But there you go right now in the news. Exactly what you were talking about from the ancient Roman emperors and whatnot. Apparently, this uh, practice is still going on over there. And uh, when Nancy Reagan was acting as the president after her poor husband got shot by Hinckley and was already in the midst of Alzheimer's, she regularly consulted her psychic and she admitted to it and spoke about it. But how many world leaders consult the psychic and don't even talk about it? Probably sure. most of them. Yeah, I'm sure it's a very, very high level. Um, the Who was it that, I don't remember off the top of my head who um, Nancy Reagan did consult with. Do you remember? Uh, I don't know the name of the person or if it was one regular person, but I know that they say psychics uh, can't really be foretelling the future. The skeptics say that because they're not world leaders and they're not business leaders. And my response was, yeah, they're not world leaders and they're not business leaders, but they're used regularly by the world and business leaders to uh, be guided as to what their next move should be. And the reason the psychic isn't a leader is that, isn't it true, if you try to use it selfishly for personal gain, you lose it, but you can use it for someone else. Exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've worked in corporate America doing career coaching, and a lot of the people that I work for, executive vice presidents, and I was in the banking and financial services, um, you know, regularly conferred to, with me because they knew I had the psychic ability. I'm sure they do, and I'm sure that, you know, some of them might talk about it freely and some of them might hide it as a secret of theirs, but uh, especially when, when they're worried about something. That's when they go to the psychic, and that's when they often uh, are led to uh, the proper next move that they might not have thought of on their own. Yeah, I mean, it's more accepted in in business than most people could even imagine. I'm sure. <laughs> when all else fails, get the psychic. That's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, Frank, anyway, yeah, Frank, we certainly get a lot of people interested. So, yeah, uh, without a doubt. And and what was that story about the haunted hotel? What team was that? Did you say oh, the Knicks? No, it wasn't, 
the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, that was the. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but that was the Knicks. Listen, you know, there's a lot of people that laugh about the Knicks out there. I, I'm not taking this side either way, so don't quote me. <laughs> I just feel like men, you didn't say they but, saw uh, anything. They just were afraid that they were going to see something is what you well, said, right? That's exactly it. They were told these ghost stories about the place, probably got nervous, and... These big tall athletes were afraid exactly. of those uh, little ghosts. People who could <laughs> that probably kind of my throat at any point and rip out my spine if they had the will to. These giant men were terrified of these ghosts. Um, but you know what? I don't blame them. That story is kind of creepy. The whole woman <laughs> jumping off the top of her house with a baby in her hands. I mean, no, I, I mean, mean that's that's seriously? a that's a. I mean, obviously the place has some weird energy. It just you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just. I, I don't mean to say it's too bad they didn't see something, but it would have been more exciting if you said they went running out of the hotel after, you know, seeing, you know, three ghosts running around, you know, without their heads or something. Well, <laughs> I mean, that I mean, would have been exciting. If you're, if you're a giant, like, role model uh, sports player and so on and so forth and everybody looking up to you, if you did see something, I don't know if you'd even would you say, say it. So, right. Exactly. It's like the world so, leaders, you know, who, who speak to psychics on a regular basis. It, somehow, you know, diminishes their strength or power. It's really quite silly, <laughs> the notion. <laughs> no, it is true, without a doubt. But, but what were you going to say, Frank? <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, if there's I, anything, I, if you guys still have stuff to talk about, otherwise I am going to move on to our guest. Right. Well, the phone lines are open. Guess. Um, you know, go, you guys can call 646-381-4141 to speak with Rita Sandler, Dr. Trillo, and Lady Fontaine. Thank you. Well, tonight our special guest is Rita Sandler. Rita is a dynamic woman. She's a fabulous psychic medium, life coach, and animal communicator. Rita has a cable TV show called Rita's Room, where she uses exercises and affirmations while teaching spiritual matters such as the law of attraction. She is a wonderful psychic with a great gift, a smart and generous woman, and we're delighted to have her here with us tonight. Rita, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Lady Fontaine. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you, and I can't wait to hear more about who you are and what you do. I've been reading your website, and I know, I know you actually through a friend of mine, um, and I definitely want to know more about really who you are. What do you do, Rita, and how do you do it? Okay. Well, basically, I live my life from the belief that we create our own reality. Acknowledge the inner presence, all of the archetypal shadows, you know, everything that lives within us, our higher self, our future self, and a universal all that is that loves us unconditionally, and gives us everything we ask for in the I am, which I loved how you started the show when you were speaking of lack, but speaking of how not to think of lack, Mm -hmm. because that is so in line with my understanding. And our job is to have fun creating reality and taking this journey home, which we're all on together. So I'm an intuitive empath, a mystic, a spiritual activist, I feel people's feelings and have a strong understanding of energy, which allows animals and nature to communicate with me. 
And when I work with a client, I connect to their higher self, asking for unconditional love without motive or attachment for the divine good of all. And this allows a free flow of energy and information to come forth for the client and or the audience in a language and a way that they will hear what they need for a healthy and more wholesome experience of their reality. So I, you know, I basically remind people to have fun and to be happy and give them tools in how to do that um, through my uh, intuitive wisdom that comes to me. So... Uh, when, what you said about being such a strong believer and creating your own reality, out of curiosity, how do you integrate that into psychic readings? Because the average person wants to know, you know, um, you know when an event will happen. They want an actual prediction on something. And you and I both know that whoever we're talking to has the power to create their own destiny. Right, and that, that's what I tell them. I remind them that's what it is. I, I, I won't work with anyone who doesn't know that first because everything is about that. I can't tell them what to do. I don't want to tell them what to do. Bingo, you're right. Right, because if anyone and, ever see that, I mean, you probably handle it the same way. I mean, I say I can't, that's not my job. I hear that. That's what I, I've been hearing from you uh, all day because I've been listening to the shows and, and found them very, uh, it was very inspiring because I felt like we're, we're here teaching the same message and isn't it wonderful that there are so many voices out there. You know, the the show that you did on The Course in Miracles, it's all the same thing. And we're all in agreement now. And so it's time to let go of the past and the issues and be done with it. There's no room anymore for the negative stuff. And well, now we were talking about the Roman consulting uh, psychics, and uh, you're saying the same thing. All roads lead to Rome, the psychologist, the psychic. Uh, we all kind of reach inside people and not we don't tell them what to do. We reach inside them and we draw out the knowledge that's all that's already there that they couldn't get to without our facilitation. That's what we do. We facilitate uh, their and, and we remind them of, of how powerful they are, of how powerful they are. Well, that's something that, unfortunately, you know, 90% or higher than that, of society has forgotten. So how do you how do you remind? Right, but, but remember also that everyone's saying the exact same thing. We have science in agreement with metaphysics now. We yes. have quantum physics. We have it all. We we can't go anywhere and not get the same message. So what are we going to think if we know that thinking creates? What are we going to think the bad stuff? Why would we do that? And that's my activism. That's where. Where I, 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 you know, because if we all know that we create our own reality, what are we fussing around with here? I, and, and we create, we've done all the release work. We've done it already. We've already made our choice, and now we we have the ability to make greater choices because it's the first time in the history of humankind that we are evolving consciously. We are making the choices to this evolution. Isn't that exciting? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, it, it, there's so much that you said that obviously resonates within me, but 
how do you how do you you teach it? I mean, I watch some of the videos on your website, and I know you work with exercises, you work with affirmations, which is a wonderful compliment to me because I people are always asking me, uh, Lady Fontaine, can you give me a um, affirmation? And I don't use them, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, an affirmation is the way that we speak to the universal all that is, the God source, God is all things. It, it, everything that we say in the I am, and, and that's, you know, I am going crazy, <laughs> or I am perfectly sane. So I love and approve of myself. I mean, I learned that, you know, Louise Hay has that in her little blue book, and if that's all we say, if that's all we say, and just knowing that and believing that and trusting that and saying it because I believe and trust it, it works. So... We have to look at what shows up in our reality, find out from it and our experience of it what we think, feel, and believe because we know that that's what's creating it. And then we make choice because choice is another ingredient in reality creating. And choice is powerful because it supersedes itself and it only happens in the conscious mind. So we can't blame it on the subconscious. We can't blame it on a past life. We can't blame it on anything, but we're the one who's consciously creating now, and that's what we're doing. So we want to come into agreement of peace. Well, how are we going to do that if we're not feeling inner peace? So our goal, our big work, our most important work is inner peace. I agree with that. And something you said really resonated with me, where your your approach um, is so similar to mine, because I, I teach um, life is truly, every experience in life um, is, is like following a road map, and then as things occur, they're your clue. And most people get so caught up in the clue, oh, God, he doesn't love me. Um, instead of looking at why, looking internally, what are you resonating? Because life is a mirror of, you know, your outer world is a mirror of what's going on inside of you. So if you're drawing in situations where people aren't loving you or honoring you, it's not because you're not pretty enough or, you know, that you're a bad person or that you're not good enough for, for the other person. You, we, the, unfortunately, society has gotten so hung up on empowering the other person where I very much teach a, a person to look at the clue and work internally to fix the problem. You only need one person to fix a relationship or to fix anything that's going on in your life. If you're not happy with your job, if you're not happy with um, your the, the kind of friends you have, the work is not to be done outside, it's to be done inside. So that one really resonated within me. But, Reed, I read a lot, um, on your, a lot of stuff on your website, and I watched a bunch of your videos, and I know that you're such a strong believer in the law of attraction, and basically we're talking about that right now. But can you explain to the listeners really what the law of attraction is and how it affects them on a daily basis? Okay. This is my take on it. Uh, what we think is what we create. Louise Hay says this very simply. We create our own reality. And this means what we think, feel, and believe is what we experience. Okay, so, so reality is the holographic effect of our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And we're a projector projecting out into this on the screen, which is our reality. It shows up as our day-to-day -day life. And it's what we agree with all the entities that we invite into our life who are the characters in our movie that we're creating. This is the law of attraction in full because it's what we think, feel, and believe that attracts to us. 
So it's not just, oh, a thought, I'm going to focus on that BMW. I have to feel what it's going to feel like to own that BMW, which is what we all know from the secret now. But there's more than that. There's the process. And I think that um, the law of attraction is also about attracting yourself to feel what you don't yet know. And then in that moment of that knowing, everything changes, and then you, you, you cannot de- deny divine order, and you feel the experience. And that's when I talk about spontaneous gratitude. And that's so attracting to you that you can feel whatever it is that you desire hitting you. You can see the money in in the checking account. Right. You and then see the relationship. You can feel it. You can taste it. And then suddenly you're in it, and you're noticing that everything in your life is what started out as affirmations is now the way you describe your life. Mm-hmm. Well, how about a matter of when you feel comfortable that you're the right person to be driving that new car or right. to be sitting right. at that uh, desk in the corner office, you feel comfortable, you communicate to whoever uh, holds the key uh, that that uh, this is something that's appropriate for your next step and you move smoothly in. If you feel like you're a mouse in an elephant's uh, house, you're not going to do very well in that, and you're not going to fit. I agree with that because, I mean, I do a lot of work with folks on self-esteem because that, that to me is the biggest problem of anybody. I mean, we, we want, all, quote, unquote, want all this stuff, but if we don't feel worthy of it and we don't know how to receive it, we're never going to get it. I mean, that's my take. I mean, Rita, Rita, I feel from what Rita's saying, and I definitely respect it, is um, the affirmations eventually get you aligned with the energy is what I really hear you saying. Right? Right, Rita? Well, we have to, we have to put it out some way consciously. We have, to, we have to make a commitment, the intention. So just saying it, you know, because we're in a tape loop of, of whatever the mind chatter is, and the mind chatter is creating our reality. And that tape loop needs to be edited. So we start out doing that, and then that suddenly becomes our experience because thought comes first. So then we have the experience. It's the holdout. That's faith. That's trust. Right, right. So then we're on this real quest. You know, we start out reading this book on affirmations or whatever we, we however anyone starts out on their path in whatever different ways. But but if you're sincere and all you have to do is do it to be sincere because it starts this you know, light travels faster than dark and whatever. And so it's coming back to where it's multiplied and it becomes your reality. I think you're saying you have to create it in fantasy First, it's kind of like when we're trying to get somebody over a fear in psychology, first we have them imagine the thing they're afraid of until they feel comfortable enough to approach it, and then gradually they get over it. It's the same way with something positive. You imagine it, you live through it in fantasy, and then you live through it in reality. By then you've already done it, so you come across as a little more seasoned, even if only in your own mind. Right, but isn't the, the mind is the most, I mean, what's, what's going to create anything right now? We have to get it through to, to the subconscious, um, whatever it is that we actually want. I mean, I do it through gratitude, 
Um, but and because I feel, I personally feel that when you are in a state of gratitude, you're resonating at the frequency to draw in all the things that that we all want to manifest, rather than um, you know being in a state of whatever. I don't want to say lack here because there's got to be a middle ground of you know, like Frank had said earlier about being in a state of just not really caring. So if you're in that state, how about contentment? What was that? How about contentment? Yeah, um, that's perfect. I mean, if you're in a state of contentment, you're in the same place as being in a state of gratitude because you're not wanting anything. So, that so long as it's contentment and not resignation, there's a big difference. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, for, for me and what I teach, I feel you kind of have to um, feel good about yourself and you have to feel like you're worthy and you, and that you will accept it. I mean, so many people will say to me, well, you know, I want this phenomenal relationship and, and all this kind of stuff, and we start really breaking it down. And they go, oh, but not, not quite yet because uh, I have to lose five pounds or I have to do this or I have to do that. And those feelings and those um, limitations that they're putting out there is what's keeping them from actually having the relationships or the jobs or anything else that they want. So what I hear is that on three different perspectives, we're all in agreement of how we process and what the process is about. It's about releasing and about embracing consciously and making conscious choice. And I'm shaking my head, yes, bravo. That's very true. I feel we're all saying, and and that's the amazing part. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and that's the amazing part. I'll force it. I, I was just going to say, what about Frank? I must have psychically thought that Frank had to uh, get in there, and there, there popped out Frank. Oh, you're so good these days, Jean. We converted you from a skeptic to a psychic. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I'm, I'm learning. Uh, I, I don't know that there's ever been a, a school for psychics, but uh, somehow this is rubbing off on me. It really the is. You're getting so intuitive with this stuff. You really are. Right over the airwaves. And everyone listening, too, expect those abilities to manifest themselves within the week. <laughs> now, Frank, is it going to rub off on Frank? Oh, it already did. It's every, t- every day I put on the TV at the same exact time, and it, I know what's on. It's amazing. Really? <laughs> oh, at the same exact time. That one went over my head. <laughs> well, anyhow, Rita, get you know, um, I wanted to ask you because I, I actually found out about you um, through my friend who had lost her, her cat, and I know you do animal communication. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I can. I love talking about animal communications. It's my favorite thing. Um, I, so first I started, I got this message from Dolphin, and I channeled Dolphins, and this is way back in, in uh, the late 1980s. And um, then my dog, Punham, told me exactly when he was going to leave, and this was over a period of three months, and, and I had a lot of communication with him. And that was just about it, you know, it was like a personal experience. And then recently, well, maybe about 12 years ago, I started uh, my my friend's dog Ariel started talking to me, and so it's just you know like okay I believe it I get it, and then one time my husband and I were in Central Park Conservatory Gardens, and the tulips started laughing and I felt it I knew it there was nobody who was going to tell me any different those tulips were talking to me, and so I have this connection to animals, and what's happening now I've had uh, I was asked to do a benefit 
two and a half years ago, and that resulted in me now doing these um, these animal readings. And it's what's happening is the animals are all kind of saying the same thing. They want to help us to understand how to live in a in a different kind of world, more connected to nature, and also for them not to be so humanized. Um, they don't like it. Really. I have, yes. a, I have a question for you, actually, regarding that. I know um, this, is, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but like when I talk to somebody who comes from another country and they're in there in America for a while, forgive me if I go on a tangent, um, they talk about how they originally think in their language, and then they eventually start thinking in English. Now, when you communicate with, uh, with these spirits, are they not, like, is there a different language? Is it like just a simplified version, like what we see on TV about dolphins talking on sci-fi shows and whatnot, or is it in the language that you think in? I, I think what it is, I think I'm an interpreter. Okay. I, I think that I have this, like, you know, because what it is is I just know it. And I, and I also know, and this is the part that I get excited about all the time, is I can tell the difference between one entity and another entity. And it's like I could hear your voice after a while, I'll know it. And and it's that I mean there's no it's like when when the when the tulips were laughing I mean my husband and I were walking around the the park and it was like these tulips are so happy and they're laughing and they're telling me why and there's no, you know why would I give that up and 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 question it the feeling is so delightful and so good that there's no way I'm going to question that. And you said something that I very much believe that many psychics are, probably all psychics, they just don't realize it, is an interpreter. I mean, you know, that's our job. I mean, nobody's whispering in our ear or opening a book to page 96 and saying, tonight, you know, this event will happen or that event. I know for myself, I'm, I'm hearing things, I'm seeing things, and I'm feeling things, and I have to then interpret it based on, you know, putting, putting together the whole package and understanding what it is that the client is asking or needing at any given time. Um, so I, I believe in a way psychics are interpreters, and most people don't realize that. And I always tell them that it's not like reading a book, you know, and I'm doing a reading for a client. It isn't. Well, you know, that happens with a good psychologist, too. They, they did a study and they found that experienced therapists, no matter what technique they were using, psychoanalytic, gestalt, cognitive behavior, that they kind of all mesh, but they were able to see what the client needed when they were experienced and to get to the root of the problem, interpret it, uh, help the client come to a solution. It was that sense of experience, like their own subconscious pulled together all their knowledge. And the psychic, it sounds like, does that in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, and I never really thought of it because I, I have a, you know, my background is in psychology as well, and I never really thought about that. I always thought when I was doing that, I was using my psychic abilities to do it, but perhaps not, or perhaps some combination thereof. You I know. think it's more you're intuitive. I think and, they're different things. I think our intuitive is much different than is different than our psychic ability. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I have a sense of when I'm, you know, it's like, like I channeled these ghosts in the Alley Theater in Houston. A friend of mine uh, was directing a play there, and they were having some paranormal stuff going on. And I did it for three nights in a, uh, over a course of six weeks, I think it was. And, you know, we saw ghosts, and we had all these experiences. But that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. 
it's just like I'm just open to whatever it is that needs to come through as long as it comes through with unconditional love, with that motive or attachment for the divine good of all. And my focus is to support people in being happy and knowing that they have a right to be happy. <laughs> you can't beat that. You really can't. And you know, that's... so I do the TV show because it's a spiritual exercise show. We have affirmations. We do a guided meditation every week. It's all the tools in one little package. And each week How can a people book. see the TV show? Uh, where is it uh, found? Well, if you go to my website, I have it. It's right there. I have a media library, and all the shows are up there. It's uh, wisewomanway.tv. Wise woman way dot tv tv wise woman way dot tv wow www sorry for interrupting i would just like to remind um the listeners that we're taking calls right now if you have any questions or comments for um dr cirillo rita or lady fontaine the phone lines are open um the number is 646-381-4141 Rita, uh, how, how, so folks can get in touch with you at your website. Is there um, an email address or a phone number that you want to give out? Uh, yeah, they can go to the website and there's a contact page, or they can just email me at ritasandler at yahoo.com, or they can friend me on Facebook. Great, great. Well, I want to thank you, Rita, for being here tonight. Um, we are um, going to be taking calls in a few minutes, and I know you said that you would join us in, in taking the calls. Um, and honestly, Rita, it has been such fun having you here. I, I, I love hearing what you have to say, and I would love to have you back. Oh, I'd be happy to come back anytime. Great, great. Um, I also want to say a, thank, a big, big thank you to my co-hosts, Eileen Kwan and Frank Tadero. I mean, they're they're you know, between screening the callers and keeping the show moving, I mean, they do an outstanding job. Um, obviously, to Dr. Jean Cirillo, I mean, I'm so thrilled that she's part of the show, helping guide listeners along the, you know, this very challenging path of life. Um, I'm really in gratitude to all of you. So in that um, line, I would like to definitely start taking some calls. Do we have anyone on the line, guys? Uh, we had somebody on the line, and they just got off the line. Um, okay. Call as a reminder, uh, the call-in number is 646-381-4141. We're ready to take your calls. Well, I guess we could talk. <laughs> I'm, looking, I, I'm looking for Rita Sandler on Facebook right now. There's two empty uh, empty spaces, and there's one Rita Sandler with, with a, a man next to hers. Is that That's you, Rita? That's me. That's, That's you, the one with the man, the first one that came up. Right. Okay, well, I'm adding you as a friend. I'm warning you, so uh, you better not click ignore or block. <laughs> I don't no, I know. Don't. Anyway, <laughs> well, can I say a few words here? Go ahead. Um, I would like to just uh, tell you, Lady Fontaine, that I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Um, this is just a wonderful, uh, it's kind of an electronic salon of, of uh, kind of what I do with my show, um, putting all of these ideas from different languages, so to speak. You know, uh, when I do readings many times, people ask me if I work with The Course in Miracles, and I don't, and yet it's the same thing. 
and you bring that to light in a very wonderful way, in a in a very uh, in a way that it reaches a lot of a lot of people. And I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. I'm you know we enjoy doing the show. We know we we've been getting some really great feedback. Um, and again, I mean, Jean, Dr. Cirillo has done a phenomenal job at really supporting the you know the show and the listeners and me and in really being able to, you know, sort of see situations from every angle. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm hoping that we have some callers tonight as well because, Rita, you bring something different to the table. And oftentimes when we have callers calling in, I get so focused on the psychic piece of it that I'm not tying in all of the, you know, the, the other aspect of being able to create and change things um, just by being able to empower themselves. So um, I, I do believe we do have a caller on the line. Frank, do you, Dewey or Eileen? He's taking the call right now. He oh, should okay. be in any moment. Okay, thank you. Um, so so I, Frank I mean, is our official screener. Uh, <laughs> He's I know. very good at it. <laughs> he doesn't bite. He doesn't bite. Frank, Frank is gentle with uh, callers. He's very gentle with the callers. <laughs> I know, and actually, I mean, again, guys, uh, listeners out there, we're sitting here waiting for your calls today, 646-381-4141. This is the first night um, since we've been doing calls, Gene, that we're sitting here begging for callers. Usually we're turning people away. Isn't that interesting? They must be, they must be so uh, busy listening to what we're saying that... Uh, <laughs> They they don't want to interrupt the conversation. It's either all or nothing. We always get them when we're ready to end the show. So let's remind everybody to get their calls in now and and not be uh, turned away at the end. Right, and well, we yeah. you know we've got Rita here too. So after we take this call, I'm sure Rita, you you me and Jean um, and everyone else, I'm sure has a lot more to talk about. But Frank, right. who do we have on the line? All right, on the line right now is Lisa. And her question is that she's been practicing her affirmations, but they've not been working. So here you go, Lisa. You're on the air. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hi, Lady Lisa. Hi. Hi. I'm going to actually let Rita answer that question first, since this is right up her alley. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. So the first thing that I would do is I would write them out and then ask yourself what you think about it and what you feel about it. So give me a for instance of one of your affirmations. Um that um I am worthy of being in a long-term relationship with a good man. Okay, so that gets you worthy of it and that gets you uh worthy of it and that's about it. And you already know that. Well, I think I know it. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's it. Now go to where you don't know it and and, and tell it that's not true because you're the only thinker in your head. Mm-hmm. You're the only believer in your psyche. Right. You're the only one there. So you can change your beliefs and you can change your feelings, but you first have to find out what they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say these affirmations, when you write these affirmations, how do you feel? What does it feel like? Oh, I feel it's, very positive, and I feel like, yes, I feel hopeful. I feel like I hope coming hope true. To. All right. So where where don't you? There's a place I, where you don't. I don't know. It must be deep inside. 
There's a Excuse place me? for you to out. So the it way to be, yeah, so the way to find that is to talk to the talk to the affirmation, journal with it, let it be something real to you. Mhm. And find out what it wants to be different, what it needs to be different to give you what it is that you want, because you want the relationship, right? Right. You want the relationship. Okay, so you believe that you're worthy of a good relationship, but you right. don't believe that you have one. So, so I be- don't believe what? So besides thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, we create with desire and expectancy and mm-hmm. our imagination. So you can expect it. I don't think so. I think that you can imagine it and desire it, but you can't. But you don't expect it. And that's what attitude is. So okay. our thoughts, our feelings, and our beliefs create reality, and so does our attitude and our choices and decisions. So I choose to be in a good, healthy relationship. I am in a good, healthy relationship right here and right now. And what feel that energy. Feel yourself rise, the energy rise. Okay. Okay? I was going to say, what about also putting yourself in positions and places where you meet good men? Sometimes you're sitting home or you're going to really inappropriate places where there aren't any good men and you're saying, I deserve a good man. If you really accept it, you would be creating situations as far as personal interests and social life and everything else where you would be likely to meet a good man. Are you taking any action in that direction? Um, I work a lot, so I'm home a lot. So I would say no. Okay, so where's the good man going to come from? Um, he's just going to appear on my doorstep. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I well, that's something to work on, too, as far as homework. Exactly. You know, sometimes people say, I want to meet uh, a man who likes to walk in the park, and where are you going? Well, I'm going to bars. Well, maybe you should go to the park and walk and, and, and talk to people, or, you know, if you want to meet somebody that uh, that that likes a certain uh, type of sport, you know, the best thing is to go by yourself or go with a girlfriend or a family member and put yourself in that position where the good men are, and it doesn't sound like you're doing a lot of that, and I'm sympathetic because you have to work a lot. Are you working in a, in a place where you have the potential to meet uh, these desirable men or not really? No, because I own my own business and I work from home. So you're home because you're tired when you're not working. You're tired from working, but you work from home. Now, in the course of your business, I don't know how much you want to say about it, is it the kind of business that puts you in phone or uh, email contact with with desirable uh, partners? No, because most of my clients are married. So, so okay. that doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. Unless you put the word out there that you're looking for a good man, somebody might offer one. Or, or again, if you communicate lack, as Lady Fontaine would say, they might offer someone that's not so desirable that uh, because they they feel a sense of desperation. But I think you've got to get out there and develop hobbies or friendships or activities and. If in the course of those activities you communicate confidence and you communicate that you expect to hook up with good people, with good men, because you're a good, you're a good woman, I, I think it's more likely to present itself. 
Okay, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. Well, maybe next year when my daughter goes to college, I'll have more time um, because it's tough being a single mom and, you know, having to do everything for your kids. And Is so, there any? Well, I have to jump in, Lisa. Um, Lisa is a client of mine, and she knows what I recognize her voice. <laughs> she, knows, she knows my perspective of things, and and I know that that Lisa has asked me before, and I'm so glad you called in because you're one of the people who has asked me for affirmations. And I'm always, what do I say to you? And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way towards Rita, but I, it's what I always tell my clients is, you know, like if if somebody's sitting there dealing with, um, you know, foreclosures or bankruptcies, and I work with a lot of people who have major financial issues or who have, um, you know, going through a divorce or something like that. And for me, what my my process starts is sort of like in a different place, because if I'm saying to them, well, you know, just say um, I am loved or I am happy or I am wealthy. They're going to be sitting there saying, "Oh, I don't believe that." So what I what I always say to Lisa and to all my clients is, you know, when you are thinking about what it is that you want, or when you're creating, um, you know, whatever it is in your life. If if Lisa's creating a situation of not having a man in her life that she wants right now, a I use that as the clue to do the inner work. But then I'm asking you questions about, you know, how do you feel? And she'll say, well, I feel, um, well, what would you say, Lisa, if I said, well, how do you feel about, um, you know, not drawing in men? I know you have drawn in men, but they're not the right, they're not the right men. Right, exactly. Um, well, I, I would tell you that I'm, I'm doing my work. Lady Fontaine, and you would say, but Lisa, you're not doing something. There's something holding you back from right. from drawing in the right man. So you right. need to figure out what it is. Well, and the way I would teach you to figure out, and I mean, it's just the way my system's a little bit different than than what um, than what Rita and other people teach. Um, I want to I want to understand what's limiting you. I want to know how you feel and when you remember feeling that way before, and that usually surfaces to an event or right. trauma from your childhood or some other time of your life so that we can delve into that and start sort of peeling off the layers that are holding you back. Because my system is called connecting the dots, and I connect what's happening in our life now back to what the originating situations were. That you know, And plus, plus from the other standpoint, you know, we grow up being told that we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't feel this, we shouldn't do that, you know, big girls shouldn't, you know, ever be heard or, you know, shouldn't cry or we shouldn't be afraid and all this other kind of stuff. And I work to really empower a person. But I, Lisa, like many of my other clients, want affirmation. So is there... All right, well... Go ahead, go ahead, Rita. All right. One of the things I'd like to ask, Lisa, is do you do any journaling at all? No, I really don't. Because um, we're very heavily into the victim archetype and the martyr archetype. And and I would watch where you're judgmental in your life. Uh-huh. Because judgment, judgment is, is, you know, the coin of arrogance. It's better than, less than. And when we're feeling less than, we, we jump into judgment to feel better than. And that always leads to self-righteousness. And then it leads to being a martyr. 
and then self-pity. And that's kind of where you are. So when you're saying your affirmations, you know, whether you believe them or not, whether you want to believe them or not, whether you want this relationship or not, you're not, you know, feeling anything but sorry for yourself. And you need to switch that around. And what I think this- also that she's putting her life on hold a little bit. You know, you said that you might have more time when your daughter goes to college. Now, possibly you feel that if you get into a relationship that you'll somehow be abandoning your daughter, so you want to wait until she's in a good relationship or she's set in life, and you're really not allowing that good man to come into your life until you're sure that things are okay with your daughter. Well, and basically that's what I've done for the past 10 years pretty much is put my life on my life on hold to take care of my kids. And Rita, I mean I can agree with you um when you say, you know, it's somewhat like martyrdom, but All right, so you want to just say no to it because being a martyr never works. It's, it's Right, just, no, I understand that. You don't want to be in self-pity cuz self-pity puts us to sleep. So yeah, you just no. And I don't think I really have self-pity, um, and I really have I have really tried in the past few years um, to draw in people, and I do draw them in. It's just like the most recent one has has a job, but he's fully commissioned, so he has no money. He he makes no he hasn't had any income in three years. Um, let's see what else. I don't know. I mean, he's a great guy aside from that, but I, but, I don't know. But, so know, can we do one of the exercises from my show that I love? I think what's this that? Is, it's called Hada. I, may, I gave it a nickname, Hada. It's a breathing exercise, and it's, mm-hmm. about, it's about being enough. So just close your eyes and take in a deep breath. Inhale deeply. I have enough. Exhale fully. I am enough. Inhale deeply. I do enough. Exhale fully. I achieve enough. Taking a deep breath. Inhale deeply. I have enough. Exhale fully. I am enough. Inhale deeply, I do enough. Exhale fully, I achieve enough. Okay, enough is enough, and we are enough. And you're mm-hmm. enough. Okay. I'll try that. As yes. Lady Fontaine knows, I'll try anything. <laughs> well, but, you've gone, you've, I, I feel you've come far with things, but I see. I know Lisa's background, and there's, you know, in many ways, you don't honor fully honor yourself. And again, that to me um, goes back to that same concept of want that it, you're sending out the wrong message um, to the universe when you allow anybody to, you know. And I'm not saying you allow drastic situations to dishonor you in any way, but there are things that you want that you don't get from some of the relationships you're in, yet you still stay in them, correct? Right. Right, so that sends a message of dishonoring yourself to the universe, and when you're sending that out, there's nothing to get back except dishonor, you know, situations that validate, um, you know, that you're dishonoring yourself. 
So right. You know, so that that it sort of becomes a catch twenty two situation. And if you could get yourself to the point where you decide, you know, if this isn't serving me, then you know, this isn't necessarily what I want to do right now, and not hold on to it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your kids will probably be relieved too if, if and when you start getting your own life along a happiness path. You teach your kids more by demonstrating and being a role model that whatever it was that happened in the past, I, I would assume you're divorced if you're alone with the kids, that it doesn't have to be that relationships are negative, that you can be a good mother to your children and you can be in a healthy relationship with a man who gives back to you, who doesn't just take and take, that give and take is over. And that's the best way to uh, train your kids, by, by you showing them a role model for happiness, especially your daughter as a right. female. Right, and that's where, I mean, I think that I've made a mistake in that um, in that I have devoted my the past 10 years to them pretty much because, um, yeah, I haven't modeled what a good relationship is. And so well, it's never I, too late to start now that your daughter is going off to college. She's going to have to make her own decisions about the boys and men she gets involved with. And uh, the first thing, her what we call the self-willed uh, growth path, is, is going to be mom as a role model, positive or negative. That's your decision. Right. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, ladies. It was so nice to talk to all of you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, we appreciate the call. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rita. Yes. Okay. Um, so that 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 exercise that you gave her, that breathing exercise and... and That's Tata. And I love it because what we're, we're breathing in that we have enough, so that gives us our, you know, knowing that we have everything, we're abundant, and we're breathing out that we are enough, I am enough, and we're putting I am enough into the world. We're breathing in, I do enough, because you know how we're doers. Know that we do enough, and then we're breathing out that we achieve enough. And so, you know, we're well-rounded in the enough department, and we know that we're enough. And even if you, after you say it, so on my show I do it three times, I do the whole sequence three times, um, but also... You know, if I'm home and I'm feeling a little bit worthless, I just say, uh, I'm saying Hatta. <laughs> and the universe knows, so I start to feel better right away. You know, my whole philosophy is be happy. Stay happy, get happy, you know, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, that I, I have come to this place of knowing that choosing happiness always works in turning things around and, and giving me the energy to create what I need to create and manifest in my life to um, keep me happy. Do you well, that's what we say in cognitive behavior therapy. It's not the outside events, but what we tell ourselves about the events. Let's say two women could be widowed. Extreme examples, one would be uh, depressed that she feels like she has nothing left to live for. She wants to kill herself. Hopefully she goes through that and gets over it. The other one could be ecstatic. Well, I, I didn't like him that much anyway, and now I'm rich, you know, and hopefully we, we go for something in between. But it's the same outside events that two people respond very differently to. It's what you tell yourself. These positive affirmations are 
another thing that we would call uh, coping statements. It all comes around again to the same principle. Yeah, and isn't that exciting? That's the thing that's so exciting because in that in that agreement, instead of saying my way is different, your way, you know, my way is the right way. This is the only way, which is what the past our patriarch societies told us. The new society and the new mindset is like we all are in agreement here. We have our own little style, and we're getting to the same place. We're we're all moving together toward growth and uh, a higher consciousness. That's what we started out with the intention of. I think it's a very exciting time to live. Oh, it is. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And, you know, I mean, what Jean had said a minute ago about it, you know, being, or the way I'm reading into what she said, is basically we all have our own perceptions of the world, and those perceptions are based on how we feel inside. Um, so, you know, to me, you're, I agree with you a million percent, Rita. It's a great time to be living and to be sharing all this knowledge and information. But I have one question. Other than that one exercise that you do, do you have any other, like, hints or tips that you could share with us regarding how to be happy? Well, yeah, choice. Choice is the biggest thing. So very often, you know, I just went through this whole medical thing, and I lost my vision in my left eye. I, I, I turned, first I turned 64 and went into all my aging issues. Then this thing, three months later, I, I lose my vision in my left eye, and I'm told I'm a diabetic. And I don't believe in, you know, I like Chinese medicine. So this is a whole thing I had to go through. And in each step of the way, I chose to be happy. I chose to feel safe. And each step of the way, I got resources and opportunity handed to me in ways that I couldn't have designed it. Right. No, it's like, it's like, it's like just, just making that choice in that moment to say, I choose to be happy and see what happens. Right. And, and each time it works. Each time it works. It always works. And that's, that's, you know, and getting confirmation, getting confirmation of your own process and seeing, and you know that. You already know that. You've seen it yourself. And getting the confirmation. But it's, it's not about thinking it. It's about being it and knowing it. And then you're happy. Then you have that spontaneous gratitude, that feeling of appreciation, and wow, it's it's really exciting. Right. And when you were saying what you were saying, I'm I'm saying what I, what I was trying to you know sort of interject there was, hey, isn't that a being in a state of gratitude? Which in the end we keep on coming back to really the same concepts, which are. We, we, I, it sounds like in different ways we get to, you know, all three of us, in different ways we get to the same place, which is the beauty of this whole process. And that's why I so enjoy having guests on the show, Rita, to share. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite sayings is, a gratitude and forgiveness clean up any mess. Yeah, I agree. Wow, I like that one. I think I'm going to put that on my website. I gratitude and forgiveness clean up any mess. Yes. I that like is that. a good afternoon. Yeah, I do like yeah. that. I do think we have a caller on the phone, Frank. Yes, we do. This is Janet, and she is moving with her pet and has questions to ask about that. Great. Uh, hi, Janet. Janet. Hello. Hi. I'm here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was wondering. I'm, um, I've lived in the country all my life, um, over in the southwest, and I've been thinking about <clears throat> excuse me, making a, 
uh, move, a big move to a city. I think I'd be better suited to live in a big city, maybe Boston or, or New York. Um, and so I was just wondering if that would be the right move for me and also if I should bring my dog along. I don't know how how that would be for her. Your dog sounds a little bit like uh, Socks the Cat when Hillary and Bill moved into the White House, the uh, transition from Arkansas, the country life, to uh, city life. Well, you have to think of the quarters. Is there going to be enough room for, for your dog to move around in, uh, running and, uh, you know, exercise? Because that could really be a big issue. I don't know. Is it a small dog, a big dog? <clears throat> Uh, she's a medium-sized dog, uh, more more on the bigger side, but she loves people. And oh, well, there's more people in the city. I don't I don't know yeah. how nice that they all are, but uh, there certainly are a lot of people. There's a lot of dogs too. They're uh-huh. very nice, and so are the dogs. <laughs> yeah, and the dog is, she'd be happy, you know, going out and and exercising with me, you know, running next to me or whatever. But for the long term, I just don't know if it would be the right move to make. So you're looking at the Boston area, or are you just sort of throwing that out as a general question right now? Um, should I'm just you... throwing it out. Big city where I don't need a, a car. I can um, walk around. I'm going to be honest that when you first mentioned it, I, I I had a pullback on it. I wasn't it wasn't fully aligning with with your energy, but. You know what? It kind of feels to me that it would be a good experience for you. Um, I really, really do feel it. I mean, it's, it's, I feel you're being drawn there for, for certain reasons, and I feel if you don't go, you're always going to wonder. So I feel your dog is – what's your dog's first – well, what's your dog's first name? What's your dog's name? Her name is Maisie. Maisie? Um, I feel that your dog is going to adjust and be fine um, I have that one concern that I think I heard um, Jean mention as well. Um, if your dog is used to, um, you know, having a backyard or anything of that nature, that part may be an adjustment. But overall, for your energy, I'm not necessarily feeling it's going to be a move that's going to be where you're going to stay for the rest of your life. But I do feel for, um, I would say, the potential of several years, it will be a growth experience for you. I actually feel it would be pretty good. Okay, great. Great. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, thanks a lot, Janet. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Um, Rita. Yeah. Could I ask you a question? Sure. About one of my dogs? Sure. Um, Destiny. Um, uh, Do you do health stuff with dogs? I do whatever they tell me. Okay. Destiny has been limping. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, do you know which leg it is? Well, you know, I'm thinking she's favoring the front left, um, but the vet is thinking it's the front right. I don't, so I'm not really sure. To me, to me, I just see it as being the front left, but she's seeing it as the front right. Yeah. How old is she? She's nine. Yeah. Well, she's she has pain. She has pain in her um, the whole front part of her body as she's experiencing pain and it's not like she has pain like there's nothing wrong with her foot it's like she she walks actually I think you both right 
about the limping because it, it changes. It's like one day it's the right side and one day it's the left side. Could it be the back? I'm thinking from myself. I have a herniated disc, and when the back is, is upset, it can affect either leg differently. And I know dogs can have bad backs, too, if they yeah. if somebody dropped them or they had an accident. Did anything like that happen? No. I mean, she's... So I'm connecting to her now and yeah. feeling what I'm feeling from her body. So I'm experiencing it from her body, and that's where I'm experiencing it. Well, you know, it's interesting because I did have her at, the, at uh, the chiropractor the other day, and I know when we were moving her head in a certain direction, I could see that she wasn't comfortable. Um, and I see that she doesn't have the range of motion in her front paws that she used to have. So do you have any thoughts what could be causing that or what I should Oh, yeah, at? I mean, she's going through the aging, the natural aging process. What what, um, what kind of breed is she, small dog or a large dog? Holly, Holly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's going through the aging process, and and um, uh, she needs a little. Uh, you could do some hands-on healing on her, if you want, and get that and pull that energy out. Okay. You need to pull that energy out of her. Just kind of rub your hands together, and then just as close as you can get without touching her. Just make your hands into a vacuum cleaner and just pull it all the way, go down through her neck and shoulders all the way down to her front paws and pull it out and just then kind of dispose of it. And that's going to help her a lot. I mean, there's really nothing to be done. I'm thinking the chiropractor is a great idea. I mean, that can be adjusted too. So even if it's uncomfortable at first, he or she can can get to the root of the problem maybe and make it better. Right. Something's out of of place. And she's going for acupuncture tomorrow as well. So I feel good good. And I have her on Celadrin, which is a natural, um, I guess, COX-2 inhibitor. It's a natural one, though. Um, yeah, know. I also know a very good product called Regenipet that's really fabulous for uh, dogs that are going through the aging process. It kind of youths them. And I'll email you a link to it. Oh, okay. All right. No, I would definitely be interested in seeing that. But thank you. I mean, I, I hate to impart. All right, but, but, um, <laughs> but she's okay. And oh. she uh, she also... Um, she also wants to just let you know that she's okay. She really wants to let you know that in a very um, intense kind of way. Yeah, well, she's, um, you know, I, I breed and show dogs, so I've got, you know, several here. And she is, she's my shadow. Even when I go away to a dog show, she's, she, she mopes. I mean, she doesn't do well when I'm not here. She really is my shadow. Um, you know, so and I am worried about. Was she doing any kind of doggy acrobatics or anything? Because this sounds like you know, you say the aging process, but naturally our backs don't deteriorate, but they do if we're into gymnastics or exercise. Things that are good for other parts of our body aren't so good for our backs. I found that out, and I'm sure it's the same for a show dog. Let's say you know, if she's been doing the same moves over and over. It, it could have finally caught up with her and, and worn her down. Is is there anything that you can connect with? Because that would be helpful to tell the chiropractor. Yeah, I'm thinking as you're saying that, and um, she's sort of taken the position of being couch potato for the past several years. 
Um, you know, not to say, I mean, I have a big fenced, fenced-in backyard for the dogs, so, I mean, she goes out, but she doesn't go out anywhere near like the other dogs. You know, they want to be out for hours a day. She really wants to be inside with me. Nothing is jumping out of my mind, but I'm definitely going to give that some thought. I mean, if if you would have asked me that about some of the other ones here, I would say absolutely that, you know, they've come in limping before or, you know, they've had a sore this or a sore that. But she's not one. We always use, we always call her a football player or like like a tank. I mean, she's a strong, you know, very very solid, you know, little girl. So um, this surprises me with her. I just out of all my dogs, I never expected to see her starting to break down. You know, I just didn't. You know, not to say that you know I don't you know that they don't get old. Obviously, they do. But she's just so built like a tank. I just didn't expect it. She might be carrying a lot of weight for her little legs. Well, that's true. I am trying to get some weight off of her. I mean, she's only like maybe two or three pounds overweight, but I am trying to get some weight off of her. But it's hard because right now she doesn't want to be active because stuff hurts her. Yeah. So, you know, she basically just wants to, you know, hang around. So, you know, we'll see. But this certainly gives me something. You know, at least she's okay, Rita, based on what you're picking. Well, yeah, I mean, we can do another. We can do a reading, uh, you know, what's the call. Uh, cause okay. They, she has stuff she wants to t- talk to you about. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. Hey. All right, you're welcome. Um, Frank, do we have anyone else on the line? We do. We have a caller who um, is trying to have a baby, and, and she she wants her husband to be also positive about the you know, about having a baby, so I'm going to... What is the person's first name? Her name is Charlita. Charlita? Charlita. Okay. Charlita? Hi, Charlita. Hi, Hi. how are y'all doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. So, what is going on? Um, the, the problem is, and I don't know if I'm just being a female and over-exaggerating about it, but... My husband and I have been trying to have a baby for about a year now, and with me, it almost seems like every month there's a always a possibility, so my hopes are kind of up and then when I find out that I find out that I'm not, I feel bad about it and he just says that I'm just being over dramatic about it and everything and it it makes me feel bad when he doesn't get as excited as I do about the possibility. And we just lost a pregnancy, and I didn't even know I was pregnant. And my reactions towards that was completely different from his. Well, you carry the child, so it always will be. That's one difference between men and women. The mother carries the child, so the man can never feel that same kind of attachment. Does he want a baby? Yeah, and he, he'll he always say that it'll happen when it happens, but I find myself looking more into, um, well, I had this feeling, so maybe I could be pregnant, or if I had this symptom, maybe I could be pregnant, and he, he'll just brush it off and say, well, it's it's all in your head. You're just making a big deal out of it. Let it go. Well, it is a big deal to bring another member into the family and another person into the world, uh but it sounds like you really want it to happen now. How old are you? I I just turned 37. Okay, so so you know you have limited time based on your biological time clock. Is he around the same age? 
No, he's actually 49. Okay, so he has forever. Does he have other kids uh, no, already? No, he does not. He doesn't. He he never had any kids. Uh, so you'd figure he would be equally motivated, but he has a longer time span than you do. Have you gone for any uh, medical evaluation or anything? You and him. It might be his sperm count, not only you. Um, we both have, and it's just they don't know why I haven't gotten pregnant. There's they can't find any logical reason as to why I have not. But you know, if sometimes we, if, you need a little extra hormone boost. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Lady Fontaine was going to say. The something. only thing I was going to say is if we use the premise that I talk about all the time of being in a state of want, and there's no doubt that you want to have a child. I mean, I want to make one statement about your husband, what I'm feeling psychically about him. I feel his attitude in life is pretty much what you're telling us is his attitude, you know, about having a baby. I feel he, like when you said, well, it'll happen when it happens, I hear him saying that about everything. That doesn't feel to me that that's just something that he says regarding having a child, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that it's, it's just his perspective because I feel a genuine um, desire in him to have a baby, but it also feels to me, that um, aside from the fact that he, you know, sort of thinks in a different way and operates in a different way, I also feel where he's almost trying to manage your, um, you know, your expectations to some degree here and not get, not sort of buy into it and then you both be so let down with things. So it feels to me this is just the way you guys complement each other. But my gut feeling is um, I'm, I'm feeling a very, very strong potential of you guys bringing a baby into this world. I would, you know, I, I, my gut feeling is you, you will get pregnant within the next six or seven or eight months. It almost feels like a done deal for me for this year, for 2010, not to have the baby but to get pregnant this year. Yeah, I, I feel that way strongly, and I don't know why I feel so strongly about it, but um, – I just I have this gut feeling and I tell him this all the time and he's just like, Well, you know, don't think about it. Try not to think about it and that's easier said than done. Yeah, it I mean there's no doubt it is easier said than done. And again, it, you know, I, I could so feel how your your energies complement each other, but they're very, very different. And actually I feel he's very good for you because it feels to me that he keeps you grounded in a lot of ways. Um, what I would really suggest to you, and again, I know this is hard to do, but if you can just sort of get yourself, sort of trust, and sort of get yourself out of wanting this so badly, just do what your husband says in this particular situation. Just sort of relax with the process and allow it to happen, because it will happen. You're telling me you yourself know that it's going to happen. It will happen. Just allow it to happen by being in a state of want, I feel you're keeping it away. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I kind of feel that a little bit that I'm just becoming obsessed with it and it's not really good for me. It's not right and it's not going to help you get pregnant faster. If anything it's going to slow down the process. So if you could trust and just know, I mean, you, what you're telling me is the strongest um element of you ending up you know, getting pregnant this year, and that's that you know it's going to happen. Stay in that feeling of no 
and sort of step out, if you can, of that feeling of want. And it, then, to me, it's a done deal. It's an absolute done deal. Okay. All right? Okay, okay. That that makes me feel better. <laughs> good. Well, let us know. Keep us posted, because I know you're going to be calling back at some point with some good news. I definitely will do that. Thank you so much for talking with me. You're very welcome. You take care. Yeah, thanks. Um, do we have any other callers? Uh, not lined up. Um, okay. Um, I, but, I actually have a question for uh, for uh, Ms. Sandler. Go ahead. If you don't mind. Oh, um, is it okay, Rita? I'm sorry. Is, Frank is has that a question. Is that okay? To me, sure. Yeah, it's a uh, it's along the same lines of uh, a personal pet of mine who I'm a bit concerned about. Uh, I was wondering if maybe you had some insight onto this. Um, into this, I have a turtle. I, um, I have a turtle. He is oh, uh, he is mighty. His name is Gamera, uh, and he hasn't been eating a lot. However, his beak is a little chipped. He's been chomping on some rocks, I think, when I'm not around. Um, he went from only eating the treats, which are the little freeze-dried shrimp, to not really eating anything at all. And I've asked people who apparently know about turtles, and they say that it's normal, and some say it's not normal. So are you getting anything from that? Well, well turtles hibernate, um, so they slow down in the, in the winter. Uh, that's what I know about turtles. But let me let me connect to what what's his name? Gamera. Gamera. Yes. All right. Let me see what I'm getting here. Yeah, it's just a, a kind of a lethargic, uh, sleepy mode. Um, he's really fine. Um, he. He does have a little bit of how's his shell look to you because he does need a little bit of I, I think I think the temperature is confusing him. So he doesn't know whether to sleep or get up. So, <laughs> so, so he needs to know because his natural when it's colder would be to hibernate. Uh-huh. And um not eat as much, you know, it'd be very sluggish and slow. But then is there like a place where he is where you keep him that he gets sunshine suddenly? Uh, well, he he has had a tendency to uh, swim to the corner of the cage next to the the radiator in the house. Oh, he does heat. have Yeah, he does have a heater in there. He'd go from sleeping for two days to swimming frantically towards yeah, anyone who's in the room. Wakes up and he's hungry. <laughs> yeah, he's hungry. Yeah, so he's very confused. <laughs> he's confused, but he's okay, healthy. I mean, he's not unhealthy. But he, um, but you could stimulate his appetite a little bit. Maybe give him uh, maybe some uh, corn. My my turtle used to love corn niblets from the can. Oh, okay, um, not cream corn, but the niblets. Yeah, yeah, I know. And also uh, get a vitamin D supplement, an oil. Ah, uh, okay. All right, but otherwise he's pretty happy. He seems very happy. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, well, thank you again, Rita. I mean, you've been great to take the time to answer all of our questions as well as the listeners, um, you know, questions, which I very much appreciate. And, again, I want to thank all of you for being here. You've done a great job on the show tonight. And um, I, 
I will be in touch with you, Rita, because you said you will come back. I would love to have you back another time, and hopefully we'll even have more callers. Okay, I love it. All right, great. All right, well, thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you all, and I enjoyed it thank very much. Thank you. All right, good so night. Much. Good night. Good night. Remember to tune in next week to hear more of Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo taking your live calls. Tintillating conversation and expert advice as callers experience the best of both worlds with two of America's top relationship experts. Those interested in learning more about Rita Sandler, please visit her website at wisewomanway.tv. That's W-I-S-E-W-O-M-A-N-W-A-Y dot TV. Those interested in learning more about Dr. Cirillo, please visit her website at drjeantv.net. Next week, our special guest is Lady Fontaine herself. Yes, you heard that right. Next week, we are switching things around a bit, and Lady Fontaine will be on the chopping block answering our questions. Learn more about her paranormal experiences, her upcoming projects, and much, much more. Tune in Tuesday, January 26th at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter and Facebook for her latest announcements. Lady Fontaine will also be doing readings in person at Opal Moon in Croton-on-the-Hudson in New York on Saturday, January 23rd. If you are interested in getting an in-person reading from Lady Fontaine, please call Opal Moon at 914 914- 788-4955 to schedule an appointment. She's offering a one-time discount off her regular rates for readings done through Opal Moon. Those interested in learning more about Eileen Kwan and her band, please visit idlifecrisis.com. That's idlifecrisis.com. Those interested in learning more about Frank Todaro, that's me, please visit my website at franktodaro.tv. That's F-R-A-N-K-T-O-D-A-R-O dot T-V. This has been I Am the Future with Lady Fontaine. I'm Frank Todaro reminding you to be good to each other and keep looking forward.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.